show is sponsored by HiveMind CRM. It is more than just a CRM. It is a real estate and business mastermind that comes with an all-in-one CRM. You can have unlimited websites and users. You can call, text, RVM, and email all-in-one user interface. And you can set up custom automations for any type and multiple businesses. 65% of companies start using a CRM system within the first five years of business. Once implemented, the HiveMind will save you on marketing, give you more time, and make more money. One of our users had his first $100,000 month using our system in June. We want to see you automate and accelerate your business. Text us at 210-972-1842 for future meetings and of course to get our $1 course on how to make more than six figures on one land deal. You can schedule your free demo today at HiveMindCRM.io. Hey, it's Daniel here. Uh, I, have a new, I have a guest host for today is uh, Charles Oglesby. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff for the community. Uh, I'm going to ask him to give him a brief description of uh, what he's done. Um, we've sure other podcasts have done it before, but we'll just kind of kind of show and introduce him to um, the community and uh, what he's doing in the future, or what what he's doing now currently. Yeah. So uh, just a brief introduction. So you went you went to law school. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so I always tell people I start with uh, saying I have a ba- a background in finance. So my undergrad degree is in finance. But interestingly enough, I've always been somebody who's been an executor, somebody who's been doing different things uh, in the sphere of entrepreneurship my entire life. So it started out when I was like 12 years old, needed to make some extra money, and my uncle had a bunch of puppies. And so I said, hey, I'll clean up after the puppies if you pay me for it. So I did that, he paid me for it, and I found myself just doing different odds and ends, always asking me to do work to get paid for it, but never really seeking a job. Then when I turned to the age of being able to get a job, I did get a job. So I worked for the newspaper going door to door, selling newspaper subscriptions to people. Uh, from there, ended up getting like my first real job, worked at KFC. And uh, then I went to college, and in college, we were always doing different things in business. So I think my first college business was a mobile barbershop, or not a mobile bar, mobile uh, car wash, mobile auto detailing. So me and two friends, we got together, we said, hey, we're gonna go around on our Saturdays, on our weekends, and wash a bunch of cars. And so we did it, made a little bit of money, not a lot of money, and uh, ended up having a situation where me and the other partners were butting heads, yeah. where um, they wanted to take the money out of the business soon because they saw that we were making money. I'm like, you can't run a business like that. Like, we can't make a little bit of money and then take the money out of it. He got pissed. He said, I want my money. He took his money, we never did business again, ever. We're still friends, we just don't do business together. And so, um, from there, I did another business. I had a party promotion company. And uh, we were throwing parties. Me and the partner had a difference of opinion because he wanted to, um, I had the mindset of like, hey, we're building a brand, we might have to go in and not charge a bunch of money to get people in there so we can grow the presence that people know. We throw good parties so then we can ultimately start charging what we wanna charge. Difference of opinion. Him and I don't do business anymore, we're still friends. I took all of that knowledge and I applied it to what I'm currently doing, which proved that I was right and they was wrong. (laughs) And uh, it's no hard feelings, it's just a lot of times people, they'll get around you and they'll start thinking that just because they're in your presence that they maybe operate on the same level mentally and they don't. So I've done a lot of things, of course, law school, um, MBA program at Pepperdine, so I'm halfway through with that. Gonna be finishing up that soon, getting on the good foot there. And um, 
Yeah, overall, just full-time entrepreneur. We've graduated into doing rental properties, rental cars, churros. I have a truck, a bunch of vending machines, a bunch of different side hustles that uh, I personally thought were going to take me out of the job, but they didn't take me out of the job. Yeah. What took me out of the job was something different, but I still think that those things that I were doing were still good things. It's just in order for you to make crazy get out of the job money, you have to scale. And it's tough to scale if your time's attached to it. Uh-huh. So you can only service so many vending machines. You can only service so many churros. I mean, churro, honestly, is one of my favorite business. So churro, I think, would be a good leverage business. And then the truck would be a good leverage. But, like, those rentals and the vending machines, not my favorite, just being honest. Yeah. The other stuff, I'm much, I like much better. So what, 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 I li- what I like about your story is you kind of you dabbled in everything. Right. And you've had bad, good and bad partnerships, and you kind of been down that road. And you, you, now you know what you're looking for in a partner, if you even want a partner I at all. A partner, yeah. <laughs> well, I would, I always said that if I do have a partner, I need a partner, and it's kind of where we were going. I don't need you to tell me that it can't work or what's the best way to do it. Just do it. I need you to help me execute what I already know is going to work. Yeah. I know it's going to work. I need you to help me make it work. I don't need you to tell me like, oh, don't do this or do that here. I have all these different reasons why, because what's gonna happen is nothing gets done. We spend all our time debating. We spend all our time trying to figure out, is this the best way, is this the wrong way? I had another partnership with a company I created called Blacker Pockets. Blacker Pockets, we grew that company rapidly. We went from zero to 150,000 organic followers in less than six months. And um, I built it up by sharing information with other people, by promoting and highlighting other people, the same way I built all my brands. But the partners, they were, they would try to tell me, don't do this, do this that way, why'd you do this this way? So you know what I did? I said, you can keep the company. I'll go off and I'll do my own thing because I've already proven that I can build something. Ty Capital, Instagram had maybe like 20, 30,000 followers at that point in time. Now it has 150 and growing. And so I took my knowledge, and it's, it all goes down to choosing yourself. Mm. You always got to choose yourself. You always got to bank on yourself. So that's what I did. But, yeah. So, what a, man, it's, what's crazy about this. So, um, you have big Instagram following. A lot of young people might like, like interest how you did that. But um, what, I, what, I, what I love about the conversation is that, me personally, I was a, kind of a loner in school and, and mm. kind of when I resonated, and I really didn't, I, was, I felt like I was the odd one out, but I felt like a lot of people understand my mentality and my thought process. So I kind of stayed in the shadows, but now that I've had the opportunity to start business, I kind of came out of my shell, and now I'm telling other people what to do, and it's kind of a different facet from when I went to high school. So I felt like I was the odd one out. But finding a good partner that understands your thought process is so key and pivotal because... You might have different difference of opinions, but it's got it's a give and take relationship. It's, yeah. it's like a, it's when you're dating. It's like you you give you give information and knowledge. You might participate in certain ways, but it's leveraging with people that are opposite of you, not like you. Right. I couldn't. I can't even really say anything to that because I don't have any partners anymore. Um, but were they were, were your par- previous partners more like you? Um. I don't know. I think that. A lot of it had to do with proximity, not necessarily people who were the best fit. So, and before I was doing business with like my frat brothers. Yeah, so yeah. like, oh, like you're you're we're the same frat, so we're gonna be friends. We're gonna we're gonna do business <laughs> together. 
and that can kind of make things difficult as well because you have seniority you have things like that yeah, and yeah, so right. people to try to like it's a hierarchy yeah and so like that can ruin the relationship people can think that their opinion is, is worth more even though they don't have yeah. the intellectual or business right. mind to even see the see the future right and so i would say well, what's really cool is um where you saying that you kind of hid in the shadows and you were kind of like a loner because I can relate to that. I didn't really, I don't really relate to a lot of people. I was to myself a lot and I still am to myself a lot. I do a lot of stuff by myself. I go to Vegas by myself. I'm going to go to, if I go to the game, I'm going by myself because I think that if you want an above average life, you can't be like everybody else. And a lot of people who were popular and who were out there, they're there because they just fit in mm. because they're like everybody else. And so it's very easy to assume that that's popularity when really that's just like what's popular is average. We all wear the same shoes. We all have the same haircut. We all have all this going for us. But we don't realize like the long game, that stuff doesn't pan out. Yeah. You knew that and I knew that. And so that's why I didn't fall into the trap of trying to be like those losers. And so I would just say in terms of partnership, I think partnership is important because the reason why I did have a big blowout year is because I had a partnership. I was working hand in hand with somebody who promoted me just as hard as I promoted them. And so I could say that there's benefit there because when I tell people when you put one and one together, it's not two in business. It's like three, four, five. So did he do things that I didn't do? I don't know. I think we kind of did more of the same thing, just maybe to different audiences. But I can't say that it was like a yin and yang or any of that. I think we kind of were a lot more similar than we were, than we were not similar. Are you familiar with the Visionary and Integrator? A little bit, yeah. So there's a book called Traction that covers this. Mm -hmm. And Visionary and Integrator is that you don't necessarily have to partner, but you can hire an integrator. Because yeah. a lot of people that are in business are usually visionaries. Right, 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 right. So right. a visionary by themselves is usually nothing and usually have somebody to facilitate the actual action of business. Yeah. So you either partner with the integrator or you hire them. And yeah. that's the beauty of, of being a, a business entrepreneur is that yeah. you can hire that position. You don't necessarily have to partner with them. Right. So I think that's what stage you're at. You're, you're a visionary alone in your, in your own way, but you're hiring your integrators mm. based off of your needs. Yeah. And I would also say that sometimes I'm both, I'm both visionary and integrator. So I, I'm both too. And I, I feel the same way. I, I can play both roles and I know which role I'm playing in, in each in each partnership and I'm okay with that because I know my role. In some cases I'm a visionary and I need to be the visionary. In other cases I'm, I'm an integrator and I need to be an integrator. And, I, and um, in the book Traction, it mentions that they're few and far between. The people that can do, play both roles is, is very, very limited. It's mm -hmm. so like my other partner, Anthony, he's a very visionary, 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 but he, he can't be an integrator. And it's, it's his own thing. And when in that role in that business, I play the integrator. Mm. But in my in separate businesses that I run, I'm a I'm a visionary, yeah. and I have to play that visionary role. Yeah. So it's definitely, um, and this it, I forget the, the statistics for it, but the being able to do both roles is rare. Yeah. I don't I, I don't do both roles because I want to. You don't want to <laughs> do it. It's out of necessity. Right. It's out of necessity. I, I do both roles because I bring in integrators. And they run off and they want to be visionaries for a competing company <laughs> or I bring in integrators and they get overwhelmed by the expectations that come with what we're trying to build. So I don't do it because I want to. But interestingly enough, I tell people this to my mom this all the time. 
I didn't become successful because of a team. I became successful because of me. And then when I was successful, I brought in a team. And a lot of people, they think that the team's gonna make them successful and they'll never make you successful. I strongly believe in that. You, your business might have team members, but it's successful because of you. Yeah. My team is never gonna take you, and I don't know why, I think it's a psychological thing. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just an American thing where people subconsciously will not help you get so big that maybe they feel like you're a threat that but also it's like they feel like they're being taken advantage of almost they feel like oh you are becoming great because of me and so that's why you got to show them like nah I'm, it's like with or without any of y'all involvement i'm coming for all of this respect my conglomerate like i don't need you to be there i don't need anybody i'm gonna get it done it'd be great if you participated and if you do i'm gonna make sure you eat yeah. People were with me getting paid crazy money to do nothing. Not nothing. They were doing something. But, like, that's just where we are now. Imagine once we 10x that. Then where will you be? Imagine once we 10x the 10x. Then where you be? And so people have to understand that when you do, like, everybody can't do what we do, even if they think that they can. Everybody can't be Todd Billy, even if they think they, think they can. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's like Kanye West said. He said some of us are earners and some of us aren't earners. And so it will behoove you to get in line with the earner and grow as opposed to thinking that you got to outdo that person. You got to be that person. And I think that we as a community have to start doing those different things. There's certain things we have to start understanding that it doesn't make you worse. It doesn't make you not rich to be still Steve Ballmer or to be effing the dudes who are behind Steve Jobs. You're still very, very wealthy. It's uh, self-awareness. Yeah. Self-awareness. Um, a lot of people, they, they, they may disregard the person that opens the door at a hotel when you go to a nice hotel, but there's somebody always got to be there. There's a lot of people in this world that don't, that don't make it up the ladder, but there's always a position that needs to be filled, yeah. no matter what business you're in. So if, you're, if you feel like you're subpar, there's a position for you if you attach yourself to mm -hmm. someone who's a, who's a visionary that can take you to the next level. And they'll bring you along with you. It's not even a competition or they're going to put you down. It's just they, they need your help to get where they want to go. And if you can find the right leadership, even for yourself, you can, you can take your personal and business life to another level mm -hmm. just by attaching yourself to that person. I forgot where I was recently, but it was, it was either a nice restaurant or a nice hotel. And this dude got tipped very well. And I was like, bro, if I tipped you this... And you only worked with me for like 15 minutes, and you could do this four times an hour. Like you probably making some pretty good money. I forgot what. Oh, this was this was, it was when I went to go test drive those cars. Uh -huh. So I went to go test drive the cars in Vegas, the Speed Vegas, and I might have tipped him like a hundred bucks. I tipped him a hundred bucks. It took him this long to take me around the track a few times, and I was like, man, like people might not think that you are a boss, but you're making. 400 bucks an hour. It's not too many people that make 400 bucks an hour. And so I bring that up because people will sometimes see somebody who isn't at what they perceive to be the top level and they'll think that they're not doing well. And so we'll see that person who has a cleaner and like, oh, they just own cleaners. Or they own a little corner store, they just own a corner store. Like, no, like they own a bunch of these corner stores. They own a bunch of these cleaners and the cleaner's doing this much money and this much volume. I bring that up because, again, 
you can still make a bunch of money being the number. Um, imagine having the opportunity to be the number two at something that's going to be ultimately a billion trillion dollar company, and you turn it down because you're like, I just want to be Charles. Like, are you stupid or dumb? Like you, like that's ego, but it's also ignorance. You don't understand how this really works. You don't understand that at Microsoft there was groundskeepers that were making millions with their stock. That at Google, the low-level people are making crazy money. The average person makes thirty to forty thousand dollars a year. I'm giving you the opportunity to make eighty doing nothing and just help me grow this. And you're like, nah, I want to make what Charles is making. And that's what a lot of people they want. They want to make what you're making, not necessarily just a good living. So if they see you making a, a great living, they're gonna think like, oh, I'm entitled to that. And that's an L. I know a lot of people who are taking L's because they think like that. And so we gotta recondition the mind to understand that it's okay to help somebody build some stuff. It's okay to help somebody become a multi-billionaire because it's gonna, great things are gonna adhere to you. Yeah, just by association. I, th I think the, the one, of the, one of the ugly businesses that make a lot of money so I heard about, I think I read a book or online or something that the hot dog stands, they have to pay like a $50,000 a year license just wow. to be a licensed street vendor. So like, it's, it looks like an ugly business from the outside, but they're making money. There's a, lot, there's a lot of transactions being done. And it's an ugly business. Like, I don't want to be a hot dog guy. But they're probably making bank. What's the margins on that? It's, <laughs> I, there is, um, there's a tweet that goes out often, and it talks about how there's this dude who makes like 20 bucks an hour and he looks down on the lady who's selling hot dogs. Meanwhile, she sold like a, a hundred hot dogs that day at like 10 bucks a pop, because LA hot dogs ain't cheap. Yeah, they're so not. she sells a hundred hot dogs, 10 bucks a pop, that's a thousand dollars a day. This dude made maybe 160 in that day and he's looking down on her. And so I think that that's interesting because it's, we've been, we've been talked out of going into business. Oh yeah. We've been talked out, of, we've, we've given up basic things that we could be doing to get jobs working for other people. And all jobs aren't created equal because you go work a job at whoever's corporation, it's not going to be the same as you working for somebody who is a part of your community, who's investing in your community, who has grandkids who look like your kids, things like that. Like your mom looks like my mom. It's going to be different. I'm not, I'm not just going to be dismissive of you. I'm going to see value in you. I'll be bonusing folks out. I'll really be giving. That's why I get so surprised when they be robbing me, man. I'm like, bruh, what more can I do? I've had situations where in the beginning, maybe I wasn't paying them that much, and then I started paying them more, I started bonusing them, and you still get the same productivity. Mm. Because folks don't want to make what you pay them, they want to make what you make. So that's why you got to keep it under low. You can't tell anybody what you're making. <laughs> I'm just learning, man. I'm learning. I don't, all this business stuff is new to me. I never had anybody do this. So what I like to say is not all jobs are created equal. What I'll say is well, not all businesses are created equal. Yeah. So sometimes you have to pivot. You pivoted a bunch of times. I pivoted into other businesses. So what was that? What What is the turning point that made you pivot out of a certain business because it wasn't for you? Time. Time. Yeah. When I started realizing how much time it takes me to make money in certain businesses versus others, I had to get away from them. Um, time, energy, focus, you can't get that back. You can't get your focus back, and your focus is invaluable. If I have to get in a car go pick up some materials, put them in the back of my car, then drive it an hour, and then also have to feel my car driving different because it's lugging all this stuff, which is putting wear and tear on the vehicle. And then I gotta lug it up, get all this sweat, and you're doing all this, and you start looking at, like, how much am I making doing this? Because, quite honestly, a lot of these vending machine locations are low yield. 
they just don't yield that much. Or even with the rental properties, you have rental properties where, and everything was a lot better pre-COVID, but you have rental properties and, um, excuse me, and um, you're like yielding nothing. You're yielding 200 bucks a door for the month. That's crazy. And then you have tenants who wanna argue with you about, I just, I don't got the time to argue. So a part of it is time, a part of it is like just mental. I, I can't have, I need, I need a stress, a stress-free drop job and business so that I'm not out here like going back and forth with retards. So even if, even with rentals, I need higher class rentals if I'm going that. I'm not, I don't do the luck do it anymore. It, it sounded like it was fun to get into, but I just can't do it. So I would say a lot of it is time, a lot of it is stress, a lot of it is energy, and also I would say the location. I like money that doesn't require me to be at a certain location that allows me to make money anywhere. With rentals, I can only make money in that spot. With the vending machines, I can only make money in that spot. With the Turo, it's better because I have it at a different location. So it's at LAX, it's at Ontario, it's at um, John Wayne. I need to put it at San Diego. It's at my actual office and it's at my house. Five locations I can make money out of. With the truck, it's all over the place. I can make money nationwide. That matters. And once you start realizing those things and how you might be limiting yourself, you stop doing the things that limit you so you can go all in on things that are limitless. Digital products are limitless. I can make money anywhere in the world. The Turo, I had it situated to where it's automated. I can do it anywhere in the world. The truck, I have it where it has a manager anywhere in the world. I like that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff that I want to go all in on because once you get to a certain point, you're not chasing hundreds. Mm. Hundreds don't excite me. Thousands maybe might excite me, but like I'm where my focus is, I'm really trying to get to like billion dollar levels. Like that's where I want to go. And it's not even for like the billion dollar stuff. It's just like, why the hell not? Let's just try. <laughs> so I, I, I like, I like, so I, my, my first business was trucking. So I was in the actual trucking side of it, picking up the load. And I'm like, I tell people all the time, it's like the stars have to align for me to get paid. And that's not good. Yeah. Like when you go to, when you go to the store, you pick up your item you get paid for your item and you walk out. With trucking, you gotta pick up the load, traffic, gas, mechanics, uh, fuel, maintenance. Everything's gotta align for you to get paid. I'm like, yeah. I did that for two years and I'm like, something, I gotta go. I can't do this no more. Yeah. It, it wasn't good for my mental health and it wasn't good for, I wasn't really making much money and I was just, I was just tired. So, watching you on Twitter talking about digital products, I'm like, digital products. Okay, okay. Let me see if I can go that way. And then Hadmind's created a digital product. But now that I have the 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 into of digital products, I'm like, all I want is digital products. <laughs> I don't want to do anything else. Right, right, digital, right, right. Digital products, digital services, replicatable and scalable products and services, that is it. I don't wanna I don't wanna do any of that anymore. It kinda spoils you. Yeah. Because it's like it's tough to wake up to money, make money while you're in the bathroom, make money while you're not even focused on making money, and then do something that makes you actually put forth effort to make money. It's like, why would I wanna do that? When there's other ways out there that don't require any of that stuff, where I could be at a football game and I can make $500, or I could be on a plane and making money. It really, it spoils you, it can mess you up psychologically, but it makes you want to go all in on that. So there are things that need to happen. There is effort that needs to get put in. There is work that needs to get done. 
So landing pages, emails, all that stuff to make your business more efficient and automated. But yeah, once once that happened, like the idea of me getting in a car and going to service some vending machines, it's just it's not gonna happen. So I, I was laughing because my I talked to my wife about this and she's like, she's like, we need to change the oil in the car. I'm like, just take it. Like you used to cut the grass. I don't cut the grass anymore. Yeah. Like I, I I used to do that stuff out of out of necessity, but now my time is worth more other things. Like and then um, other things is that things I shouldn't be doing I don't do anymore. Yeah. It's not that I don't want to do them. I mean some things I don't want to do, but <laughs> there's other things that like I shouldn't be doing. And the perfect example of this is you messing with the light and the ladder. Yeah. yeah. So he for can you tell us kind of tell a story? Yeah. So I don't know if that is that camera on. It is. Okay. Oh, it's, it's on now. All yeah. right. So basically, what was I going to say? Oh, so I got this ring security camera. I thought it was the man. I was like, I need security cameras on my house. And so I took one out and uh, I, I bought a ladder from Home Depot and I'm getting up on the ladder and uh, I didn't think anything of it. They're like, don't wear, don't wear flip-flops on the ladder, dude. Wear tennis shoes. And I was like, I got this. And uh, I think sometimes success in other areas can make you just cocky across the board, which is dangerous. And so I, uh, I'm climbing up the ladder. I install the light. It looks great. It's doing great. And uh, as I'm climbing down the ladder, my foot gets caught in uh, one of the things, and I, like, fall back on my back. Luckily, this is before we got the backyard done, so it's just dirt. So it really just was more shocking than anything. It was a little bit painful. It was more shocking than anything, but the crazy thing is the ring captured it all, so at least the video camera worked. But the sad part is um, I the battery's dead now, and I won't go up there and change it. So now I just got a useless light up there, and I need to change the battery. I'm just like, I'm, not, I'm good on that thing. So, so yeah. I, I had a similar ladder experience. But, uh, when I was living in Atlanta, we had trees over our property, and I was like, somebody got to clean the gutters. I'm like... All right, I guess I'll do it. Back when I used to do stuff, and I'm like, go buy a 20 foot ladder. Didn't have one, so I went and bought one. I go up there, the ladder slides. I think I'm gonna fall off the side of the house. I'm like, let me just get down this thing. I'm never going up the ladder again. Hmm. So as soon as I got down, my heart was pumping. I'm like, nope. And that was that was one of the realizations. Like, I do not need to be on ladders. Yeah. This is not my skill set. I'm not gonna fall. Nope, not gonna do it. So it was one of those things. Where I'm like, okay, if the gutters need to be cleaned, I'm gonna hire somebody. Yeah. And then it started going. Grass needs to be cut. Do I really want to spend two hours cutting an, an acre and a half of grass? No. If I could pay the guy and knock it out in 30 minutes, call it a day because he's got the big machine. Mm -hmm. So now I'm paying people for my time. But they're more they're better at me than I am. They so are. you get a better you get a better better yeah. quality job done. So right. now now I'm doing stuff I'm like, okay, car needs to get fixed. Normally I would change the oil. That was one of the things I always did. My my dad taught me how to change the brakes and the oil, so I always I've always been changing the brakes and the oil. But like now, do I really want to be under a car where the car could fall on me? Yeah. Now I'm really thinking about that. I don't want to be under a car. I'm not gonna do it. It's just one of those things where now I'm just I'm paying people to do what they're what they're meant to do and yeah. they have my have employees and whatever and such to do that process and I'm not putting myself in danger and I'm not doing anything I'm not supposed to do because I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, the book Who Not How, what's interesting about it is 
he, he was going to sell a company and uh, he was over here trying to figure out how to sell the company and he couldn't figure it out. He hired somebody who specializes in positioning companies to be sold and ultimately he sold the company for like way more than he would have sold it for. So this guy who realizes like you have to pay to get more because a lot of times it's like you can't look at what it costs, you look at the leverage. leverage. What am I gaining? What am I gaining by giving you this hundred bucks? Not only am I gaining my time back, I'm also gaining your expertise. I'm also now um, like those things. And so anyway, this guy who sold this company, he went back and he had to put the Christmas lights up. He's up there on the ladder putting the Christmas lights up. He falls down, goes into like a coma. The dude almost dies over some damn Christmas lights. And he just made multiple millions of dollars. <laughs> and so he's like, man, it's like you realize that who not how never stops. It's not like, oh, I got this task off my plate. Now I can go do something else that I shouldn't be doing. It's like, no, I don't do none of that stuff. I, I was in the process before we came here of cleaning like my office area up, which is where I keep a lot of my clothes. And I was like, I don't want to fold all these clothes up. I was like, why do I want to fold up all these clothes? These clothes will sit there if it's up to me. And then they'll end up getting rewashed because I'll say, okay, next time I wash them, then I'll fold them up. And they never get folded up. But I'm like, if I can't just hire somebody, I want to hire somebody who comes to my house, washes my clothes, folds my clothes, put the clothes where they go, because I'm never going to do it. And who not how never stops, really. So we're yeah. a landscaper. And I tell people, like, a lot of times, maintaining a home is just knowing who to hire. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you have a drywall situation, hire somebody who does the drywall. If you have landscaping thing, hire somebody who does that. If you need to get whatever, like hire people and focus on your business because your business is not to be plumbing. Your business is to be serving your people, becoming the best financial advisor, the best real estate investor that you can be. And you're only gonna get better by doing that. One of the last things I'll say is it's interesting that when you do hire the pros, they're so in tune to the industry that they even know things that you wouldn't even think of. Yep. And so when they put the Christmas lights up, I'm thinking he's going to be using staples. He's like, we don't use staples no more. We use clips. Apparently, like, it's a little clip they put on there. It holds really tightly. And then once it's time to take it off, all you do is pull it. And all the lights come off the thing. I would have never known that, but he knows that. And so there's cleaners that know cleaning the best. There's people who do oil that know oil the best. You just got to lean on the experts. So let's kind of pivot into how people can make money. So one of the things I love that you teach is stock options. Yeah. What are stock options? Yeah. If we're dumbed down. <laughs> stock options allow you to make money in the stock market with little to no money. A lot of people think that you have to have this huge six-figure, seven-figure account to make money in stocks. That's not true. You just have to understand the movement of the stock and purchase contracts that are going to allow you to benefit to the upside or to the downside. I, what, I, what I really like about stop options is it gives you leverage. Right. Leverage, leverage is powerful, and I think leverage in business as a whole is powerful yeah. too. Leverage in life in general, yeah. Le leverage, leverage is key for business and life. So with options, you can leverage your small amount of money to make big money and make huge, huge spreads. I, li I like seeing the... I, I, like, I like what you do because it helps everyday people if they want to get out of nine to five, if they understand and learn stock options thoroughly where they can make money no matter what, what which way the market goes. Yeah. So in terms of leverage, the reason why stock options are leveraged is because each contract represents 100 shares of that stock. Whatever stock, Facebook, Amazon, Tesla, Google, any of those stocks, 
Most people don't have enough money to buy 100 shares of their favorite stock. Or one share. Or one share. Amazon's worth like $3,000 now. Yeah. Most people don't have enough money to buy that much of the stock, but they can buy the option contract. For like 600 bucks. Yeah, so for an affordable price. But what's really cool about it is it allows people to make money that the average person doesn't have access to, if that makes sense. And so we look at the stats. Most people don't have $1,000. Hardly anybody has $10,000 liquid. Most people don't have $100,000 liquid. But with options, you can easily get to 1000 With options, you can get to your 10000 And so we're seeing people make $27,000 in a trade. When I see that, all I see is somebody who just shattered your statistics. Because you said statistically they're living paycheck to paycheck. You said statistically that they can't pay their credit cards. Statistically, they don't have enough money in their savings account to handle a $1,000 emergency. And we shattered that. And we did it without them having to put a bunch of stuff in their back car, ride around, get cussed out by tenants who are in the wrong. We allowed them to just tap on their keyboard, participate in somebody's group chat, get a call out, and change their life. Options changed my life. When my option story is, so I got married, I got the ring I could afford. It wasn't the ring that she wanted. Um, it wasn't the ring that I wanted her to have. I wanted her to have a nice, yeah. like, solid ring. But, like, the way my credit was set up and the way, that, like, my income was set up, I wasn't about to, I wasn't going to walk in there and try to finance, like, a $10,000 ring. It just wasn't going to happen. I just didn't think it would happen. Maybe it would have happened. I don't know. I didn't want to try. Maybe I did try and they didn't approve me. So, anyway, um, I was like, damn, I got to think of where they get this money by tomorrow. <laughs> and um, I just started trading started trading options. I ran up $20,000 in options. I never had that kind of money. Wow. I took that 20000 took 10 out, paid for a ring in cash. And they were just looking at me like, damn, like, where'd the money come from? Um, and took the other 10000 I probably, like, took care of some credit card debt, whatever. But I never had that kind of money liquid before. Like, 20000 was amazing to me. I felt like I was the man. I was the man. I didn't know nobody. Most people who are around you don't have twenty grand liquid. Yeah. Just, they just don't. And um, and I didn't really realize how big of a thing that was. But options, I, these days, um, I'm seeing people with options do it all the time. But what scared me in the beginning is options are risky. And so options, just like you can make a bunch of money, you can lose a lot of money. But you can't necessarily lose a lot of money because you can only lose what you invest. So you invest. the thing is, don't invest what you aren't willing to lose. That's so... I want people to have $1,000 positions or lower because the leverage is going to take care of you. I don't want people out there putting five grand, 10 grand into options because like we said, most people don't have five grand or 10 grand in general. So why would you be investing that? Preserve that. And then even if you have five grand, 10 grand, let's still invest your $1,000 to 500. So that's why those small account challenges are important. And that's why some people can get frustrated because they make a lot of money with options. They start thinking they're God's next thing to the stock market and they start making mistakes losing 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 so that's how i actually met you i actually bought the the options course and i learned that how to do that i think i don't do it anymore it's not that i don't want to i just don't have the capacity to do everything mm -hmm. so i remember i had like a 1500 day and i'm like this is interesting <laughs> this is very interesting and i had like only like i had like two grand in there and i had a 1500 day i just almost almost 100x so i'm like okay 100% on one day, and I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Um, one thing I feel like, can you talk about like the, the minimum limit of trading and 
because you have to have like uh, $25,000 to be a, like a... Yeah, considered a day trader, yeah. Day trader. Um, I feel like that personally hindered me from making more money because I couldn't day trade because Man. when it was going up, I, I would do a quick in and out and just call it a day. And then once I made my money, I'd be done. But the day trading, the day trading limits hit me. And I'm like, okay, I have to use these. So I always kept one sandbag just in case <laughs> a good opportunity came. Yeah. And like, I always felt like the, the day trading minimum hindered me from making actually good money when I was doing it. Yeah, so I wanna say in order for you to legally be considered a day trader, you have to have at least $25,000 in your brokerage account. Um, if you don't have 25,000, then they limit you to three what they call round trips within, I wanna say a 90 day period. I think that's it's some either 30 days? Seven. Seven days? I think it's seven. Oh, wow. Or I, I don't, I haven't done it in a year, so wow. don't hold me to it. All right, so let's just say it's seven days. And so essentially what a round trip is, is when you buy and you, and you sell. In the same trading day. In the same day. trading day. So what I used to do is I would buy before the market closed and I would sell when the market opened so that then I could still get around that rule. But if you see something in the morning and you buy it that morning, you're stuck in it until the next day, you never know what it's going to open at the next day. It might fall. It likely will fall because usually sometimes like the market goes up, down, up. So you have a really good day, you're going to take a little bit of loss the next day. If you take that loss, you're going to, take, you're going to feel that loss because losses hurt in options. Yeah. So small ticks up, you're going to win a lot because, again, every tick is times 100. So if you go up a dollar, that's $100. If you go up $2, that's $200 per contract. So you got five, six contracts, you can do the math. You're up $1,000 of a $1. That's the leverage there. That's where we're talking $1 can turn into $1,000 with the profit. That's the leverage. But conversely, you lose $2, you might lose 50% because that's just how hard the option contracts can hit. Um, just statistics, a lot of things go into that, the Greeks. So, yeah, the day trader thing can really hinder a lot of people. There are ways to get around it, though. There's different accounts you can use. So Webull allows you unlimited day trades. Um, I want to say it's just Webull that I know of. There might be another one, the offhand stuff that I don't really use that much. But, um, yeah, I, I know I've, got, I've ran into that because one of the worst things that happen is, is if you do do more than your three, they'll lock your account. Yep, for 90 days. Yeah. They'll lock it for 90 days. Yeah, so then you're just, like, screwed for 90 days. <laughs> that wasn't fun. Um, it almost happened to me, and I'm like, I think I bought, when Tesla was going crazy during the pandemic, I'm like, I bought into it, and I'm like, I made, like, $700 in 30 seconds. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm good. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> Use one of my day trades on one of those things, and like it's, it's when you're when you're monitoring the market and you see opportunity like that. If you have the option to go in and out, it's it's huge. Yeah, it's so huge. So I I kind of miss doing it, but it was one of those things where I some in California I get up like at six thirty and yeah, it was one of those like up in the morning. That's one of the things that sucks. And now now I was telling I was telling him I was like I get up on my alarm. I don't even I don't even have to set an alarm. I just get up whenever I get up. <laughs> <coughs> my, wife, my wife takes care of the kids in the morning, so I just get up whenever I get up. One thing that I think is interesting is you definitely have an advantage when you are investing on the East Coast. Yes. Because it doesn't even start till 9.30. Mm -hmm. You could sleep in and still be good. You could literally sleep in until 8 o'clock and then still have time to really look at what's going on. You could sleep until 9 o'clock if you want. I don't know what time you wake up. But you could sleep in until like 9 o'clock, wake up, 
it just start working. But if you're smart and you wake up at like six, now you can go to the gym, you can eat breakfast, you can read the charts, like what's going on. So they have a huge advantage on the East Coast. Whereas if we did that, you'd have to get up at like three in the morning. Right. And who wants to get up at three o'clock in the damn morning? It's just nuts. You're just, you're, it doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> they definitely got an advantage on that side. I'm pretty sure there are people who do it though. Wait crazy, a bit. Crazy people that do this full time. We just part time on that side. Right. <laughs> we try to make part time money, part time uh, part time earnings on that side. Yeah. But I th I, th I think what I look at is interesting seeing what you can do with a little bit of money once you get the education. That's the hack. Education. The education. Learning from people who have already made the mistakes before, who have a vested interest in making sure that you don't make those mistakes. So, if you go on YouTube, good luck. I know a lot of people go on YouTube, try to learn this stuff, and they fumble around for a long time. And then they go and they take a course, a paid course, and they don't realize like there's a difference between a paid course and a YouTube thing. YouTube is just, here's the content. A course is like, you paid me, let me make sure that you get something out of this. Yeah. Let me make sure that I skip through all the fluff, all the stuff that's not really relevant or gonna help you, and make sure that you get something out of this. And if you don't get something out of this, Hey, here's my community. Hey, shoot me a DM. Hey, hit me up. Like, that's the kind of stuff. I don't know when the last time you shot a text message to somebody on YouTube. Like, hey, YouTube person, how do I work this out? They're not going to respond. They don't care. Maybe if you leave a comment, they will, but that's different. And so I think that the education is definitely important. But man, I tell people, my son won't have a part-time job, but he will trade options. I'd rather him learn that. That's so important. Because it's not just a option skill. It's a stock market skill. It's a life skill. It's a life skill. So you're learning companies, you're learning CEOs, you're learning financial statements, you're learning technical analysis, all these things, they're gonna take you so far. KFC didn't help me do shit. I don't think KFC helped me do anything at all except maybe learn that I wanted to own a KFC. But I don't use KFC knowledge in, in general life. I don't use Radio Shack knowledge in general life. I went from KFC to Radio Shack. And then I worked at Sprint. It's kind of interesting how that works. And so, um, I don't want my son to do that stuff. I don't want him to work nonsense jobs. I want him to learn a skill that's gonna apply to his entire life, that's gonna make him an asset to his community. Because understanding the stock market, understanding things is gonna make him have knowledge that then benefits everybody, not just himself. And so like, that's why we have to get into being business owners, being investors, because more, than, more people benefit when you're on that side of the column than on the E and the S column, E and S side. You get a lot of different perspectives too because they have the quarterly calls and the annual reports and you can go look or look all that stuff up, see what their projections are. So you can see how business is done at a high level right. just looking at the reports. And you actually, it's it's opportunity to get a, a bigger view. And the only people that listen to that stuff is people that are in stocks. Like I didn't even know that was a thing until I got into stock. I'm like, <laughs> they have all this stuff public. You can go to the website and download this. Like what? But yeah. it's just, it, you don't, you lack the information. Lack the information. So yeah. I wish they taught it in high school yeah. as a whole. Because like I said, it's a life skill. That instead of balance with a checkbook, it's just, just stocks. Yeah. The basic stocks, tickers, and all that good stuff. Yeah. Understanding options. Because like, it, once you understand that, I think, I think it's, it's the crazy part. Like once, you, once your eyes are open to the possibilities, you, you look at jobs differently. Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> I think that's why I've been a terrible employee for the majority of my life. Is because I just see through it all. When I was working at um, Sprint, I never forget, I was working at Sprint and it was a franchise. 
and the owner used to pull up in a big Lexus. The owner used to just like have all the phones that I wanted. I think his wife worked in the business with me. He'd always take us out on these grand events. And I was like, I want to be him. I don't want to be the person working in Sprint hoping to one day be a manager. I want to be him. And that's just how I've always operated. It's like I just, I just knew I wanted to be the boss. I know I wanted to be the owner. I know I wanted to be the big dog. I didn't want to be the person working for the big dog. It, it sucks because I want people to not think like that. And that's why, not, not, I don't mean like, I don't, I, don't, I don't want people to think they want to be me. It's just weird. It's like people who follow me on social media, they know how I think. And so it's very difficult for somebody who knows who I think to work for me because they know I'm anti-job, they know I'm anti-all that stuff, but I'm asking you to be the opposite of what I am and what I preach. I think, I think you need to attach, uh, direct yourself differently. So it's like, yes, I'm anti-job, but I'm building something here. Do you want to build with me? Hmm. Yeah, because that's not a job. That's not a job. You're that's equity. Somebody, you're asking somebody to build. I want people to have equity in what I'm building so they can be a partner. They can't they don't have a voice, but they can be a partner. Common stock, not preferred stock. So, and back to stock. So, like, well, I, I tell people is like, do you want to build? Do you want to build in what I'm building? Because you, you, if if I show you the vision, you understand the vision. You want to build with me? I don't know why I wasn't streaming this, man. I'm, I'm wilding out. <clears throat> I wonder where I can put this. You want your blue one? Might just lean it right there. There we go. There we go. All right, cool. So, so I like that. I like that approach. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different mindset shift than when you make it in your mind and when you're actually looking, instead of looking for employees, you're looking for, for builders to help you build. I think you should be on my board of directors. <laughs> Would you be on the board of directors for Tide Capital? I think you should because you have good ideas that I need to implement. And you have good ideas too. And I think it's, it's a give and take. Right. I, I try, like I said, I, ha I have my opinion. I'll tell you what my opinion is, but if you want to do something different, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And people that have difference of opinion, I'm not going to stop people from doing what you're doing because I've, 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 I've wanted success for people more than they wanted it for themselves, yeah. and I can't push them to do what I want them to do. Right, right. It's more, it's more of, I want you to do this. If you want to do it, let's do something. If yeah. you don't, all good. I'll find somebody that will. I feel like everybody needs a board of directors. Every company needs a board of directors. Especially when you don't have partners. <laughs> so, and this is this is the this is the power of uh, getting. So, with with what we're doing in a business is that we seek knowledge from a lot of high level counselors that operate business maybe by themselves or with other people, but they understand business in their own niche and in their own way, and they built something big. So, I respect their input, even though I might not do what they say. Right. I respect their input, even though, hey, I'm. I might not do 100% of what you did, but right. I have my own twist on that. Right, that right, right, I'm gonna, right, I'm gonna twist into my own thing. Absolutely. And that was very valuable and I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Let's go out to dinner. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's like you're looking for input, not instructions. Yeah. You're looking for somebody who's going to chime in a little bit to kind of maybe just like give you something in the back of your brain to think about. They, and it's more of people that they wanna see you win and it's not that they want to partner with you. It's just like, yeah, yeah I, I, I want to see you win, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna guide you and direct you based off of what my experience and my knowledge. But you don't have to do it. It's, yeah. it's based off your own decision. There's a reason why these things exist. So board of directors. And it's that's more acting like big business based off of stocks. Yeah. Big, big business has board of directors because they need multiple inputs and influence to make sure the company's going in the right direction that represents yeah. the shareholders. I need to. Who else should be on my board? 
thinking uh, maybe Roy Red could be on my board. Seek advice from many counselors. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I would say that I think options is probably the best side hustle, in my opinion. It is. Um, outside of that, I love Turo, and I love the truck. The Turo and the truck, everything else, I'm trying to sell it. <laughs> trying to sell vending machines and the rental properties. The only reason I like the rentals is because real estate, it only goes up, and I just, I just like the idea of having I, that empire. I think you have to switch into other types of real estate and not necessarily rentals, because... I talked to uh, guys who've been doing land investing for 30 years in Atlanta, and I was a guy we spoke to about earlier. He, I asked him, like, do you own any houses? He's like, no, I no houses. I'm like, just office, industrial, and land. And since he's the land guy, he's everything's negotiable in real estate, so he's negotiated himself into land leases. So since he's the land guy, he's like, hey, I'm selling it for this, but if you give me equity in your business, Wow. I'll sell it to you for cheaper. Wow. So now he's, he's, he's he nego I talked to him, he negotiated himself into a restaurant where he might get paid a million dollars a year just by negotiating into a restaurant. Wow. That's that owl, owl, that owl stuff. I used to work for a dude and he used to do some deals like that. That's, that's where you start creating money and creating wealth. And that's just by positioning yourself into the right deal just by what, what you have, what you bring to the table. And what you're willing to ask for. And what you're willing to ask for. Yeah. So a lot of people think, hey, I owe, the perfect example, I owe taxes to the, to the county. Most sellers think they have to pay those taxes to come out clear. When we come in and solve that problem, we, we always ask for a discount. Hey, if I'm gonna pay for these taxes, can I get a discount on this? Can I pay half of it? And I'll pay it all right now upfront versus mm -hmm. in payments? And that's the economy, like, yeah, as long as you do this, this, and this, yeah, you're fine. Hmm. Boom, ask for a discount. So now we're, we're kind of spoiled as investors because we always ask for a discount on most things. And and it depends who it is because, like, not we're not going to ask a discount for people that, and this is where other people support business. Like, I'm not going to ask you for a discount for your product service. I'm just going to pay you full price because I support you. Whereas other people, if I don't know them, I'm like, I'm going to ask for a discount. Watch. <laughs> And I, n I never pay full price because there's always flex. They're going to get VIPs flex. Let me just ask for it. Yeah. Um, when I was working in the family office, we would do a lot of deals. And um, that's where you really get the win is the little things you can get. Everybody wants the obvious stuff, the cash, the property. But what we would do because we would negotiate things like that. So for example, we did a loan on a vineyard. And within that loan in the vineyard, yeah, we're making our money, but he said, okay, I also want 12 nights at your resort per year for free. And oh yeah, I want a case of wine every month for free. And he just threw that in there, little kickers. They're always looking for little kickers they can add to the deal, like sweeteners they would call them, I think. And so we would do that. Or we would do a deal where we would do like a large scale multifamily development. We would say, I want to keep this unit for myself, always for myself. And I want it clean to treat it just like it's a part of you guys' entire establishment. And he would just get a free and clear unit there. Or we would build a whole track of homes and he would keep three lots just for his like niece, his, his nephews. And so I was like, that's, that's how you really start to chunk away at wealth. They start to have this legacy of different things you put together just off of different deals you've done. The beauty of that, and 
they'll give it to you because you're giving them what they want. And if it's just a little, they're going to ask for it. It's an afterthought. So I've heard of people in real estate when they're doing single family, they're like, hey, can I get that gun? <laughs> just for the fun of it. They'll just ask for it. And there's something they can like, yeah, you can get the gun. I'm like, yeah. if, it, if the person passed away and is their gun, like, yeah, you can have it. Yeah. Like, what am I yeah. going to do with the gun? So like, we always ask for extra stuff. Like if you see opportunity, can I get the boat outside? It's just sitting in the driveway. Can I get the boat? Yeah. Like get the car. I, I, there's a guy, one of the guys I follow. He, he's gotten multiple cars. He's gotten a free boat, cars, guns, just, just by asking for it while he's doing the deal already. Hmm. Hey, can I get that? Can I get that TV? Kind of. And it's just something you don't even think of, but it's the power of negotiation. When you go into negotiations openly, there's a lot of things you can, just by asking, they'll write it in for you. Hmm. Yeah. And even like the lots, the lots, like if they build up the whole yeah. neighborhood and you get the lots, wait till they finish build a neighborhood and sell off the lots to somebody yeah. else. Yeah. And now you get an extra bonus four years later yeah. after everything's been built. And it's, just, it's a simple ask. Yep, it's interesting. Because in that moment, it doesn't mean much. Mm-hmm. But four years later, it's going to mean a lot. So, so you got to think the long game, too. I think you got a lot of knowledge from the family office. I, I love your stories from the family office because I feel like they're playing at a different level. Yeah. And it opened your eyes to what people are operating at. Yeah. And nobody, you can't get in that door. Yeah. You can't, you can't ask to get in that door unless you're, you're in it already. Yeah. So there's a lot of things going on that you might not understand that you're not even privy to. But if you can position yourself to learn that, you can that can change your life. Or to at least be exposed to it. Or at least be exposed to yeah. it. And that's that's the beauty of opportunity is that if and then we'll go back to building. If you partner with me, I'll teach you stuff that I'll, that you might know. Even if you might not work with me forever, you might be able to use this information for the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. That'll change your life. Because the power is in the information, not necessarily in the money. Yeah. And the power is in the people, not necessarily in the money. Yeah. People are more valuable than money. Power to the people. People more <laughs> money. So I would I would agree with that. And everybody's trying to chase the money and the nice watches and every the nice cars and all that stuff. But if you can find the right people, the money will come. True that. <laughs> so what you got man. No, no. Where where can people find you? Oh, yeah. Todd man. Capital. Uh, IG link. Yeah. <laughs> At Todd Capital. I was actually going to wear a shirt that had it on there, the at Todd.Capital. But I'm running out of tees. I need to re-up my tees for the new year. I think that's what it is. Because you get a bunch of tees, get a bunch of polo shirts, and then you wash them, and they shrink, and they fade. I got to re-up my merch for the whole new year. So I need a bunch of t-shirts, a bunch of polo shirts, and maybe even some long sleeve shirts and some jackets, something. I got to re-up. There you go. But uh, at Todd.Capital, that's where we at, man. Well, appreciate Excuse. your time. I hope you got a bunch of value from that. Please check us out. Link in the bio. The show is sponsored by The List Guys. Do you need more leads in your local or virtual market? One in 10 small businesses don't invest in any kind of marketing. The List Guys have over 35 plus list types to choose from and you can mix and match any list or criteria. We also use the skip trace list and provide up to seven numbers and email addresses. Every list you purchase will be scrubbed against previous purchases. The List Guys are here to save you time. Contact the List Guys today at www.1listguys.com. That's www.the number one listguys.com.